Well, it is almost here. I know it's only December 2nd, but it is getting close, and it is going to happen fast. And all of a sudden, it's going to be Christmas. And uh, sometimes, I don't know about you, but as I think about all the components and everything that's going on, uh, it just makes me feel exhausted. You know, there's just so much to do in the next few weeks. And, and if I'm honest with you, there's some times where I can't wait for January 3rd. I just can't wait for January 3rd. Well, we still have a few more days to go in between now and then. We sometimes wonder where this uh, peace on earth and goodwill is. We just sung about wonderful counselor. We sung about prince of peace. Yet sometimes the Christmas season just again seems to get so cluttered, it just it gets exhausting. Now, if I was to say that, you know, and Cindy was to come up and talk with me right now, she would say, what's the big deal? You do nothing. You don't decorate. You don't cook. And you really don't buy any of the gifts. And she'd say that with a look. I'm just checking. Yes, yes. So, you know, so she'd go, what is the deal? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, is, it is exhausting and it is hard. Uh, for me, you know, it, it creates almost a, a Scroogey-like feeling in my heart because all this stuff is going on. I mean, it's exhausting watching Cindy work so hard. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a hard time. And, and some of the things I've got to deal with is, you know, we've got this uh, 16-year-old fake tree. And, and from 20 feet away, it looks real. But uh, when we first got it and got away from getting the real trees and went with a fake tree, it was because of those needles. Well, now this thing is so old, it's dropping more needles than a real tree is. And, and, and just last week or the week before, before community group, I, I vacuumed for at least an hour. I vacuumed all over the place, second floor, first floor, there were needles everywhere. And just this week in the second floor bathroom, I found more needles. That is exhausting. So, you know, and with, with going along with that, then there's this thing called glitter, and our kids aren't you know, they're, they're not doing the arts and crafts things anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. But some of you are mean people, and you send cards with glitter in it, and there glitters everywhere. It's like a huge tidal wave getting ready. I'll find glitter on my shirt. I'll find glitter in my car. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just crazy. And then even worse, it gets even worse. I, I want to watch a TV show on Friday night. I'm, I'm a geek. I like MacGyver. My girls come over and go, why we watch MacGyver? It's so cheesy. But I like cheesy every once in a while. And so, you know, I'm watching MacGyver. And now because we got all that, like, greenery stuff underneath the TV, I have to stand up every time to turn the channel, turn, you know, down, up, down, up, you know, volume, you know. And, and, and you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, there's so much stress at Christmas time. You, you know, you hear me, don't you? And then to make it work, so you've got all that stuff, all the trimmings, all the packages, all the stuff, all the decorating. I still got to go put the candles in every single window and check all the batteries. But anyway, you know, you got all that. And then you got family things, right? You got family coming, and that can be good. And, and this year, it's time for the the in-laws to come, you know, so that whole side of the family's coming for Christmas, and, and, and this year, you know, we got three cute little nieces, and they're fun, but, but I don't know if it was a month ago, they dropped this huge bomb on us, and that was, they had to bring one of those, 
And I know there are people out there that just don't trust a guy who doesn't like animals or dogs. It's just, it's not that I don't like them, I just don't, why? But anyway, so, so, so that thing, Bo, is coming to our house. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just going gonna, gonna, gonna to be hard. So, you know, so you, you, know, you talk about those kinds of stresses. They actually have a term called, you know, festival, um, festive stress is actually a term for this. And uh, so you have all that stuff going on. And January 3rd is just around the corner. But, uh, you know, you have that all going on. And then we have some of the serious things. Uh, some of the serious things that are really stressful. There's, there's family issues. There's family heartbreaks. Right now in our family, uh, one of our close, close relatives, without getting into any details, their marriage is failing. And, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're going to make it. And you will be visiting with these folks. And how do you navigate around that? How do you not take sides? How do you support and love and not endorse I guess you'd say behavior, attitudes that, uh, you know, if you're a Christ follower, if you're not a Christ follower, you have a different operating system to some degree, but, but if you are a Christ follower, you know, how do you, how do you navigate that, and, and how, do you, how do you walk through that? And, uh, and, and, maybe, and maybe it's one of those Christmases where someone really dear to you isn't at the table this year. And uh, so, so, so you've got the, the, the fun stresses, you've got the hard stresses, and so what do you do with that? How do you unclutter your Christmas so that you can return to this idea of joy, to peace, to wonderful counselor, so you're not like, whoo, I'm glad that is over with. We survived it rather than enjoyed it. And so over the next uh, four weeks, uh, today and then four more times, concluding Christmas Eve, we're going to be trying to unpack this idea of a Christmas uncluttered. And when we talk about a Christmas uncluttered, it's not about taking all the fun away and all the fattening food away, but there are ways to unclutter it so we can really sing and enjoy the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace in, in our lives. So we're going to look at uh, three today. We're going to look at three ideas to get us going on this. And then, and then, again, continue to unpack that over the next four times beyond this. So, so as we're thinking about uncluttering Christmas, as we're trying to, trying to think about that, I think the first place we've got to start is we've got to start with resisting the pressure of culture. And, and, and we, we adjust to the pressure of culture. So the answer is don't adjust. Now, that doesn't mean culture's bad, but, but the greater culture shouldn't be setting our pace completely. So we need to resist the pressure of that. Resist the pressure of when it comes to putting on this big show and, and all these kinds of things that just, are, that just weigh down in some ways seem to, to suck the energy and the joy out of your, in a sense, Christmas experience and we, we just, we have to resist that. And, and it's, it, it's a full-on press because if you, if you listen to the statistics financially, uh, this is the way, this is the time a lot of businesses make 30% of, of their stuff, you know, and, and so they're, they're, they're driving to get that and they're driving to get us to focus on that and, and to, to kind of be controlled by that. And again, 
I'm not against gifts. I'm not against celebrating Christmas. I'm not against all this. Thing. But, but we got to resist the pressure to, to, to let them set our operating system, especially for Christ followers, because we'll find that they'll pile on, the culture will pile on as many demands and many expectations, and they all seem to cost lots of money. They'll just, they'll just pile them on if we let them. So we need, to, we need to not adjust to their system. We need to hold tight to ours. Um, Paul writes to the Romans, and he writes a, a statement that uh, is for all of life, but I can think it can really be applied to this season, the holiday season, Thanksgiving, all the way uh, through New Year's. And this is, this is what he says in Romans 12, 2. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't let it define you. Think about it. Think about what you're really doing. In a couple minutes, we'll talk about spending and stuff like that. So if it comes down to, you know, you got to get this gift, you got to get this thing, you got to, and and you're you're almost kind of like just swept away with it. And then in January, when your MasterCard, your Visa comes or, or whatever, all of a sudden you go, wow, what did we do to ourselves? And now we've got to spend the next two or three months digging out from that. So don't become so well-adjusted to any avenue. It's not just celebrating uh, Christmas and holidays. It's anything. Don't become so well-adjusted, don't fit in so well, that when something is out of alignment with the way a Christ follower should live and orient their life, that you at least feel it. You're sensitive to it. it. It rubs against the grain of your life. Because it's really easy, again, just to get going through the flow. And again, I'm not an anti-cultural guy. I love what our culture has to offer. There's lots of great things. I I love electronics, as you know. I love those kinds of things. I wouldn't want to live back in the 1850s. So, so I, so, but, but there's, you can't, we can't let it define us. So we don't want to adjust. Now, some of us, you know, I don't know about you, but some of us, when, when we get under the pressure of a cluttered Christmas, you know, we get a little scroogey, we get a little, uh, testy, we get a little irritated and, and we, and it just kind of like, kind of overflows. And so for me, sometimes when I, when I let the pressure of all that take over, when I'm, when I'm too well adjusted, when I'm not thinking, it, it puts me on edge and it makes me be a little scroogey and unkind. And I, I can respond actually not nice to things. I can like be like hard about things. And so I, so I don't want to do that, but I do have to let you in on a little secret. The greatest thing happened this week, or maybe it was last week, and that is that the Federal Express guy who comes to our house all the time, year-round, not just at Christmas time, Federal Express guy dropped his pad. That's, it was all snowy. Somebody in our community group, I think, found it and brought it in. What's this? And it's a, like 50 of these little things you stick on the window, you know, when, when, um, when they can't make the delivery. Sorry, you missed your delivery. And I said, wow, you know what I could do with those? <laughs> I have some neighbors, you know, forget the Be a Good Neighbor series from a couple weeks ago. I, you know, I, I did, that was just me talking, you know, let, don't really be that way, you know. So, you know, so I said, wow, I could really drive that one neighbor crazy. 
I could go do this to his window. I could put like four of these on there. You know, sorry, seven packages. Uh, we'll try to deliver. I, you know, put one on that says, you know, uh, says something like, uh, well, you could say, you could say, you could say uh, we'll be returning to sender. And, you know, and this person's like freaking out. Where's my packages? I didn't know all this stuff. And, and, then, and then I even thought more about it. You know, the deacons just gave me a review. So, so, so I could go over their house and stick those everywhere over their doors. And for about a few weeks, they could just think they're looking for these packages. But, but I, I, I just, I didn't do it. I just, I just thought about it. I laughed a lot about it. I still laugh about it. I still like that. That little pad is sitting on my little table. And I just kind of like, I love that pad. And, and someday, now, now what's going to happen is every time you see one of those, you're going to think I was over your house. <laughs> And that's going to even be worse. Because you go, is this from Dave or is this from the real UPS guy, ESPN? Yeah. So I'll just let you live with that. Uh, anyway, but you know, we, we can we can react again. We can we can conform to the culture. Uh, we 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 do adjust and we get into it, and we're not thinking. And and it's it's a pressure. And then our response to our world, our response to our kids, our response to those around us, we're stressed. So we give a stressful response back. And, uh, you know, there's another way. Paul goes on to say this. He says, instead, fix your attention on God. Boy, that, that fits perfectly with Christmas, doesn't it? With the season. So don't get caught up way overboard with all this stuff. Unclutter your life and fix your attention on God. And then the amazing thing when you and I do that, and we're going to talk about how to do that, especially over the next four weeks, we'll give you some little ideas now. But when, when we do that, Paul goes on to say, you'll be changed from the inside out. And I don't know about you, that's the kind of change I need. I need inside-out change. I've learned how to play the game. I can act like the Christian pastor and be nice on the outside. You know, I need inside change. I need change so that I don't have to filter my responses. I need change so that when something's going on, it's naturally for me to respond in a God-honoring way rather than me to catch what I'm about to say in my throat, change it into the Christian way, but it didn't originate in my heart. I need inside-out change. And that only happens when you fix your attention on God. Then you change from the inside. And that fixing your attention is a regular rhythm to life. It's not a once a Sunday morning thing. It's not a once even a, if, if you're really good at doing your quiet time with God as Christians, you know, we talk about doing this quiet time and you do it, you know, every, almost every day. It's not just about a half an hour or 10 minutes in the morning. It, it's, it's, it's all the time. It, it's it's your, your focus. And then you start changing from the inside out. You don't have to live by a, a set of rules. I, I, because now it's who you are. Oh, I can't do that. No, you, you, just, you, you just don't do that because that's not who you are anymore. That doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It's just like any other process, any other relationship. When you start to get to know someone and understand what they respond to, understand who they are, understand, you've heard us talk about this before, their love language and all that kind of, over time, you start just to, to know what resonates with them. So all of a sudden, their 
being a part of your life starts to change who you are. So all of a sudden, you start doing differently, different things. Believe it or not, there are things that I used to do that I don't do anymore because I've learned that that does not resonate with Cindy. She doesn't like that. And it's not her being demanding. It's just the way she's wired, and I want to do things that, that, that she likes because I, I kind of like her, so I want to do that. You know? So, so, uh, you know, so, so it just becomes natural. So now it's, no, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I don't act that way anymore. I don't say that anymore. It's I'm not that way anymore. That's inside, outside change. And the problem, and if you're not a Christ follower, you've seen this. The problem is, for many of us as Christ followers, we don't have an inside-out change. So when we get backed into a corner, the nasty comes right back out. Just like that. We haven't had an inside-out change. And if you're not a Christ follower, I, we apologize. We're, we're working on this. But that's why that happens. That's why you've, you've been in those situations where someone who you'd say, wow, they, they're super Christian, and, and all of a sudden they get backed into a corner, and all of a sudden it's like, wah, you know, you know, it's, just, you know it's like, what is, where, where did that come from? Why? Outside change, not inside change. Attention on God, much more than Sunday morning. Way more. Tip of the iceberg, icing on the cake. So much more but inside out change. Then what happens, which is awesome, is this. Readily recognize what he wants, God wants from you, and quickly respond to it. It just starts to be the way you are. You just, you just know it. You quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. We see it all the time. I'll show you a clip in a little bit of some of the shopping that went on Good Friday. Immaturity at its peak. Sometimes we see it in our government systems, in our education systems, over and over and over and over again, dragging it down. See, see, when our attention is him, it drags us up. We look up. We don't look down. And it gets us down to immature. So, so everything starts changing. We have this inside-out attention on him. And especially at Christmas, we sing about the Prince of Peace. We sing about the wonderful counselor. We, we love the little crush over here. We love all that. But it's got to have an inside-out change. And then all of a sudden, the knots of having a cluttered Christmas experience start to loosen. And I don't know about you, but there's some knots that when I get a knot in my shoes and that kind of thing, that's, see, I, I cheat now, I don't have shoelaces, but, uh, you know, when, when you get those knots, you know, in there and you, they're really tight, man, it's a lot of work. And some of us have got to do a lot of work to untie those knots. But eventually they start to loosen up. Eventually there's an inside-outside change. When it comes to all of what is beautiful about Christmas, there's this other side, there's this underbelly side, this, this, this temporal side, and, and, and it's a fine line, something that's a fun and joy all of a sudden crosses a line, and it's different in every situation, different in every person, but, but this idea is that we, we, we put too much emphasis on, on, the, on the temporary, and if you put your happiness in temporary things, you'll end up with temporary happiness, 
And, and we, we, we all know this. This isn't like new news. But how often as I'm moving into the Christmas experience, am I putting my happiness totally in temporary concepts? And then I wonder why it doesn't last. Even happens with eating, doesn't it? Sometimes you eat a second piece of whatever that is. Oh, that was good. Temporary things and all, and there's temporary happiness. Not so good afterwards. An article, uh, well, let me get, you know, just to just draw this. A number of years ago, it's a number of years ago, it was time for uh, our girls to get a couple, couple nice items for Christmas, and we, we were spending big time. And, and it, was, it was one of these things where we had to do, we thought we needed to do this anyway, so we tagged it on to Christmas. So the, the, the prices for these things were, were more than we would ever normally spend at Christmas, probably ever again. And so I'm very excited about this best Christmas ever. And the first present the girls were getting, all three, was they were getting their first cell phone. I think that actually was the one they were getting. It was a flip phone kind of thing, and, and we no longer had a landline, and we, you know, and some of it was control. We want to be able to keep track of our kids, so they were all, they were all getting their cell phones. And you know, I, I don't remember if they were like 10 or 12 or something like that. I'm not saying that's when you should or when you shouldn't, but in, in our place, this is what we were doing. That's back when you could add another phone for 10 bucks. So anyway, so, so we, we got that, and then, and then we also were at a place in our life where we needed a new family computer. We had this big behemoth thing that sat in the kitchen. Uh, we used to put the computer in the kitchen because then we could see what anyone was doing on the computer, not like a, a quiet place, but then we changed this rule with what happened next. So I'm looking at new computers, and at the time, I, th I, think, I think I was thinking like $1,500, $1,600 for this computer. But then all of a sudden, there was this Black Friday thing where I could pick up notebook computers for like half the price that I had planned to spend for this one. And so we got these Toshiba dinosaur things. They were huge. They were, but anyway, we got them. And so this, this is like the best Christmas ever. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to have the girls open them, you know, before Christmas because I just was like, this is awesome. I would, you know, I would love to be you right now as a kid. This is like the best Christmas ever. And, you know, and they were screaming and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? They never talk about it. I mean, like, you know, close to 10 years later, I'll say, remember the best Christmas ever? And they're like, you know the best Christmas ever. They don't say this is the best Christmas ever. This was the best Christmas ever. <laughs> but what they say was the best Christmas ever or best Christmases, when we would go up to the mountain and spend it on this mountain and we'd sled all day and all that kind of stuff, that's what they say the best Christmas is ever. The difference between temporary and lasting. And often we've cluttered our Christmas up so much because we're resting too much into the temporary. And that overflows into our whole year long. Paul goes on to write, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And one of the ways that is seen is in our value system. Not our claimed value system, not our rule system, but the way we actually live our lives. Again, an inside-out change. You see, temporary things are only nice temporarily. And uh, we know this. 
but we don't know this because it's always creeping. It goes back to that culture thing. The culture is on the temporary things because if you get a temporary thing and it breaks, then you got to replace it. It just goes on and on and on. And uh, that's one of the ways we've got to resist and not adjust to the culture around us. Jesus says this. Jesus says, what I'm trying to do here, this is in him coming, sharing his whole life, what he's about. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. Never thought about that before I was preparing for this message. That that is a great Christmas verse. Relax. Don't be preoccupied with getting and really even all the giving stuff so you can respond to God's giving. We talk about the advent. We talk about the coming of Christ. He gave himself. It's going to point to Easter. So, So we get so cluttered up that we can't really get our mind around, enjoy, respond to God's giving. Especially at Christmas time, it's a shame when, when that's, that's the case. Who don't know God, those who don't know God and the way he works, fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. So for the Christ follower, there's a better way. And the question is, do we know it in our heads or do we know it by experience. Verse 33, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. Last week, Rick talked a little bit about that. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And in a moment of transparency, in a moment of honesty, we realize that all our everyday human concerns are met in Christ, in Christ alone. That's going counterculture. Still enjoying Christmas, but going counterculture. So a real practical next step with this is reduce the amount you spend on gifts. Don't overspend. We gotta, we got to watch out for that. It's just, it's just driven into us. Again, businesses do about 30% of their business. I've got statistics about all the packages that are shipped. It goes on and on and on. So we have to, we have to be mindful of that. It's interesting. When the economy had its downturn a number of years ago, the average, the average expenditure was around $400. And uh, now it's up over $1,000. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. And uh, they're saying we're, sp- we're saving less money than ever. It's, it's just, you know, it's just crazy. And, and you saw some of these uh, videos. Black Friday frenzy, an estimated 116 million shoppers hitting the stores. Bedlam in the aisles of some of the nation's biggest retailers. Shoppers fighting over garments at this Victoria's Secret in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Deep discounts triggering a free-for-all. Bargain hunters at this Georgia Walmart wrestling over pots and pans. Long lines of customers at stores from Maryland to Florida to Texas. An estimated 116 million spending their holiday dollars today alone. This year's Black Friday could be the biggest since 2011. 
In Myrtle Beach, this frenzy over TVs. Again, one of the deeply discounted big ticket items attracting buyers. The average shopper expected to spend more than $1,000 this holiday season, up 4% from last year. A strong economy helping boost sales here in New York. The Russian Macy's Herald Square starting even before Thanksgiving dinner was on the table. And today, the steady stream of shoppers flooding into stores, not letting up. This isn't a call to be cheap. This isn't a call not to be generous. It's just don't overdo it. Don't get caught up with all that. It just clutters our Christmas experience. Got to watch out for that. A study was uh, done in the last few years on what makes for a Merry Christmas. They, an institute uh, did this, and I'm just going to fire through these things. These were some things that they, they just came up with. Is uh, Emphasizing family and spending time together was linked to greater happiness. For most of us, that'd be no-brainer, but if we actually looked at how we're functioning, maybe, maybe there's, there's a gap there. Um, emphasizing religious beliefs was linked to greater happiness. Again, some people might not want to think that, but uh, it's proven over and over again. Uh, lower happiness and greater stress was reported when spending money and receiving gifts were the most important aspect of the holiday. And it's funny, again, my girls, it plays out, the best Christmas ever. It doesn't even come up on their radar. doesn't come up on their radar at all. A few more things. Giving gifts and consuming in a way that was environmentally friendly was linked to higher happiness. This is what they came up with in their study. This one is not hard to believe. Men generally reported being happier and less stressed at Christmas than women, possibly because much of the responsibility for shopping, cooking, and Christmas dinner, etc., falls to the woman. And that's, at least that's in my house, sorry. <laughs> Just uh, not holding it back anything. And in summary, they said this. The materialistic aspects of modern Christmas celebrations may undermine well-being while family and spiritual activities may help people to feel more satisfied. Solomon said it this way, don't wear yourself out get, to get rich, to get stuff. Do not trust your own cleverness. And sometimes, you, you know, it's just even, there's something great about getting a great deal, but as you looked at that mayhem on um, Black Friday, all those folks are thinking they're being very clever, you know, going for the deal and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it, 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 was, it, was, it was a mess. It was crazy. You know, when we think about this, and this really ties off of what Rick again was saying last week about contentment, uh, the reality here is this, and I have to remind myself, if you are not content today, there is nothing you can buy or get this Christmas that will change that. Let that settle in. There's nothing, if you're not content today, if your kids aren't content today, if your family, there's nothing you can buy or get them or receive yourself this Christmas that will change that. There's, there's, there's nothing. It doesn't exist. It's that temporary again. You know, Solomon, again, it's amazing. King Solomon, uh, wealthy, had it all, but as he reflects on life and writes these little proverbs to his son, uh, comes up with these things, and he goes on to say this. He says this, A life devoted to things is a dead life. A stump, a God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. And this idea of uh, 
a flourishing tree of of thriving, and you've, we've talked about this in times past, about the way God shapes our lives, and God shapes our lives for service. So when it's just to things, it's a stump. But when we allow God to use the way he shaped us to touch other people's lives, we're a flourishing tree. Again, that's one reason we've been doing, and we're wrapping it up this week, having that little display out there about saying yes to serving in next generation's kind of ministries. You know, that's all the little ones all the way up through into youth group access. And because we realize that we don't want to be living lives that are dead stumps and we, we need to give ourselves away. And we're not growing spiritually unless we're giving ourselves away in experience, caring for people, engaged with people. So if we want to continue to unclutter our Christmas... We have to, again, remember that we resist the pressure of a culture and don't adjust. Uh, we need to reduce the amount we spend on gifts and, and don't overspend. You've got to figure out what that is for you. You know, I hate for you to be strapped by your Christmas giving into March and April. And, and then when some real needs come through, let's just say, let's say one of those situations came up where, where we had that flooding again, uh, you know, and all that kind of a thing. But all our money is tied up in paying off gifts from Christmas so we can't help a need that just kind of unfolds in our eyes. Uh, you know, we want to have a little more flexibility. We want to be a little more agile with our finances so when a need comes up, we're not tied by a, a, a previous something that really is not paying off dividends into our lives, well-being, and into the future. We need, we need to ask those questions. They're, they're not easy questions to answer, but we, we, need, to, we need to ask those questions. So, so if we move on to our third idea is this, is that we need to remember that Christmas purpose. We need to remember the Christmas purpose, and it's to do presence, not presence. Presence. And Jesus shows us that. God shows us that in that famous verse that says, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the purpose of Christmas, is that God is with us. And it's got to reason that when we emphasize our celebration on anything else but God's presence ongoing presence in our lives, it's going to clutter our lives up. The reason he came is so that we could enjoy his presence in our life every day. And when we tie our celebration, acknowledge that, acknowledge his coming, but don't really land on the idea of God's presence, we'll find Christmas is cluttered Every day. And it's so insidious, it can, it can slide in. It's almost like you gotta have a you gotta have radar for this stuff. We can get slid into it so easily. We gotta watch out for it. Emmanuel, God with us. And so when we base ourselves on presence of getting and giving and receiving alone in that temporary area, uh, we're just missing it. We're missing the true gift of Christmas. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel did this thing a few years ago about giving kids presents that they really didn't want for Christmas. You may have seen some of this. I just picked a couple clips, but uh, bear with me, and I'll explain why I'm showing this. It's, it's kind of harsh. It's very sad. I 
one more thing. Before Christmas, we did something fun with the Children of America. I asked any parents watching the show to wrap a uh, terrible Christmas gift, give it to their kids, and then tape their reaction when they open the gift. No, not that. Oh, like How much you like soup? No. No. What is this? It's a sponge. I want a car. A car, yeah. Maybe on Christmas Day Santa will bring you a car. <laughs> what is it? Really, taco seasoning. Yeah, don't you like tacos? an easy kid. He's satisfied with that potato, man. <laughs> hey, I like baked potatoes. I have sour cream, but uh... do I dare say it? Many of us as adults have trained ourselves to wrap up the presence of Christmas in things that aren't intended to be the presence of Christmas. And we may not have a temper tantrum, but our life has the vibe of a temper tantrum because we really haven't embraced the concept, even those of us who have Christ followers, that Christmas points to Easter and it's all about God's presence in our lives. That's the big deal about Christmas. And all of us easily make it other things. And when we make it other things, we're as dissatisfied as those kids are with their presence. Because that's not the point of the presence. And that's something, again, going back to our culture, we have to be spot on. We have to be on it all the time. Not in a steal the joy out of the room of every Christmas celebration. This is just about Jesus. You know, and in, you, know, you know, kill the joy and all that. You know. But we've got to ask ourselves. You know, we've got to ask ourselves. Is, is, is that where? Because as Peter writes, Peter writes that 
Everything, this isn't in your notes, I don't believe, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation, or we might even say the best gift we ever received. And unless we really own that, unless we really believe that, Christmas will always be cluttered, filled. You can't get away from it. If you don't believe that, you don't believe that. And Christmas is going to get complicated. Christmas is going to be crazy and all that stuff. But if you believe that that baby grew up to be a man, to give give his life for us so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could know God, so that God could be present in every moment of our lives, then we untie and unclutter Christmas. But it has to be an ongoing, regular thing. Remember, our attention is on God. He is the answer, not all this other stuff around the edges. And I like all the other stuff around the edges. I just have to remind me that that's on the edges. He is the best invitation, the best gift we've ever received. And then we have everything we need for this life. Over the next four weeks, we'll four times we'll unpack this. So the first one is this idea of being present to God. Next week, we'll talk about what that looks like. I love how Eugene Peterson uh, translates that verse, you know, be still and know that I'm God, and he really energizes, he fills in the blanks, he gives it fullness to us when he says, step out of the traffic, step out of the mall, step out of the shopping experience, take a long look, a loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. Be present to God. That's be this presence. Uh, be present to others. In Philippians, we read, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus was always present. Present to the little children, present to the downtrodden, present to the leper. He was present. If you want to unclutter your Christmas, you're present to God, but you're also present to others like Jesus was, like Jesus is now to you. Also, this idea, and this is a little bit harder to get your mind around, we need to be present to ourselves. We need to know who we are. Love from Psalms. Look deep into my heart, God, and find out everything I'm thinking. That's how you figure out who you are. So you got to be present to yourself. you got to know why you're wired, why you do what you do, how you do it. And you do that in light of your relationship with God. You've got to, to really know yourself, to be present to yourself. You've got to first and foremost be present to God. It's kind of like a before and the after kind of a thing. To be present to yourself, you need to, it reveals that you need God in your life. It goes back and forth. And then also uh, great memories to be made over the next few days. Be present to the moments. Make the most of every living and breathing moment. Traditionally, it says time is evil, but the concept is what makes time evil is time is short. So I was looking through pictures and uh, looking through some of those pictures, and some of the pictures uh, 
You know, there were days where uh, that was when Cindy's dad was living, when we were sledding up and down that hill, and he would drive down this road, had all this, uh, the driveway was like three-quarters of a mile, always snowy, dangerous. But what he would do is it would sled down, he'd drive down to the bottom, pick us all up, put us in the back of the car, and drive us to the top. It was better than a, a ski tow or whatever. And we just did that and did that and did that. Well, well those memories now are sealed. Those can't be, can't be redone. They're, they're done. But we have those memories because time is short. That's not to be morbid. It's to be realistic. You need to realize that. So make the most of every living and breathing moment. Be in the moment. Again, Jesus demonstrates that he's always in the moment. You didn't read this verse out of uh, Matthew 6. Give your entire attention to what God is doing because I think, again, God is in the moment right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. You see, God in a moment, God present with us gets more out of our moments. We see things, we're aware of things. When I'm in that mindset, I see God working all around me in my moments. So the bottom line is give more presence instead of more presence. Give more presence to God. Give more presence to others. Give more presence to yourself. Know why you tick in light of how God speaks into your life and give more presence to the moments because there's less and less moments because time is short. Now, I'm going to give you a couple practical ways to do this. If you look at your message guide, you're going to see a little section that says, uh, get ready for Christmas with an Advent Bible reading plan. I'd encourage you. It doesn't get any more realer than this. Go to Version. There's tons of choices. Pick the one that's going to work for you. Maybe five days, maybe all the way up. There's all kinds of options. There's all kinds of topics that might identify where you're at. Make a connection with that and get reading. If you want to unclutter your Christmas, go back to the Christmas story, the author of the Christmas story, the originator of the Christmas story. I tell you, you're, you're, you're missing out if you're not doing that. And, and to do it for the next 23 days is not too much to ask. And actually, I think it will unclutter your Christmas. Enough said. I mean, it's, you know, it's no more deeper than that. Uh, also, you may have to decide, have you ever said yes to Jesus? Have you ever been present to him? Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to look at your Connect card and see what next step applies to you and need to be present to God. Need to understand that I need to admit my need for him that I believe that he came to die for my sins, to make things right, to be that wonderful counselor, that prince of peace for my life, and then choose to invite him into your life as the one who's going to follow. So present to God. Also, I think present to others. I'm giving you a, a big assignment here. There's a little graph there, and you can do what you want to do, how you write it, but I'm encouraging you to give more presence of yourself. Maybe it's somebody already in your life, and you need to be a little bit more present in their life. Pay a little more attention to your life. Think it through. Write their name down. Uh, today, I'm going to be present to this person, or I was present to this person. Maybe it's somebody that you haven't been present to before. You figure it out. But being more present to others. If you're serious 
about uncluttering your Christmas, you've got to give more presents instead of more presents. Let's pray. Father, help us. <laughs> There's so much going on. There's so much that's attractive to us. There's so many messages coming our way, and it's hard not to buy into them. It's hard to uh, not get mad, to walk that line of not being mad at the culture and what it imposes and, not, and embracing it and not being caught up with it. Lord, help us to sort that out. Give us clarity. Lord, give us yourself. You're present in our lives if we said yes to you, and you can help us navigate through this Christmas season. And really, it's just the beginning. We ask that you'd help us to navigate that way through our whole year, not just the Christmas season. And Father, I do ask if there's someone here that's never really come to the place where they've said, God, I want you into my life. I, I thank you for the gift of your son. I've heard the story as a kid. I've heard the story about Christmas and Easter, and I kind of get that in my mind. It's a nice story, but I've, I've never made it real in my life. Pray that if that person's here today, that even in this moment, they would say, God, I want you in my life. I need you in my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your acceptance. I need the gift of Jesus, his presence in my life, and I give my life to you. Pray that they'd be able to make that decision. Father, we look forward to the next four weeks of getting together and talking about Christmas. We thank you for the awe of the time. We thank you for the wonder of the time and the gift of the time. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.